Welcome to Woodland Church. Here is today's message. Well, last last week we talked about praying without ceasing, and I was challenging us and, and encouraging us and really reminding us that we serve a God who is always available in prayer, that he is a God that is not absent. He, he is not a God who is not listening. He is a God that is attentive to his children, and he listens to our prayers. And that should be encouraging us that we can always go to him in prayer. Well, this week we are going to, to finish off this series, Waiting for Our King. And if you will turn with me one last time to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting in verse 16, and I'm going to ask for you to stand this morning as we, we read these three verses, and then we will be praying. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Verse 18, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, that we can come, that we can worship you. Lord, I thank you for a weekend with family. Father, help us to be your church that that learns to give thanks. Encouragement and your challenge. Father, by your Holy Spirit, come and speak to us now. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys may be seated here. So we're going to be looking at verse 18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for our lives. Now, you might be thinking, okay, Pastor, it's Thanksgiving weekend. You absolutely planned this weekend, right? Like, it's Thanksgiving weekend. Of course, we're going to be talking about giving thanks. But I want to share with you, I had no plan to speak on this on this Sunday. And you might be thinking, well, don't you have everything scheduled out and planned? I've got a plan, but as you guys know, because we've been in Thessalonians for six months, my plans never tend to happen the way I planned them. So I had no idea that we would be in God's word on this exact weekend at this exact time. However, God did. It is Thanksgiving weekend, and it just so happens that as we are reading through Thessalonians, we got to this point on this exact weekend. So I just want to just like share that because I know a lot of times people think, oh, pastor, you perfectly planned this one out. You, you've been wanting to talk about this one topic on Thanksgiving weekend. And I just want you to know that that was truly not what I was intended to. But before we dive in, I need to remind us one last time who this letter was written to. Now, I've said this about a hundred times, and some of you probably already know who this letter was written to, but it was written to the Thessalonians, and the Thessalonians were not in good circumstances. I've talked about this, I've mentioned this, but they were a group of people that the gospel came to. Actually, Paul and Silas went there, preached the gospel, and many men and women got saved in that town. But within three short weeks of Paul being there and Paul teaching them, persecution hit. Persecution got so bad that Paul and Silas had to leave town at midnight just to escape the mob that was happening there. And Paul is writing this letter to to these people, and Paul really wanted to, to really find out how are these people doing? 
Because he knew that, that these were men and women that were going through very difficult persecution. And I mean extreme persecution. Beatings, going into prison and into jail. All because these men and women rejected the cultural gods of the time and accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And Paul's writing this letter to them to bring encouragement, to bring challenging to them. So as Paul writes these words, especially verses 16, 17, 18, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, he knows the circumstances these men and women face. And I wanted to just remind us of that because sometimes when we read God's word, we can forget about what is happening at that time. These men and women were not in good circumstances. They weren't living their best life now. They were in constant persecution. But yet, this is what God's word says to them. And I want us just to be, just to be thinking on that this morning because when his word says, give thanks in all circumstances, he's not writing to a group of people that have really good circumstances. He's not writing to people that are just, man, they're just doing extremely well. Their health is good. Their wealth is doing great. He's not writing to people like that. But yet, this is what God's word says. To give thanks in all circumstances. And, and I believe as we are waiting for our king, as we're waiting for Jesus to come, God's word is getting spoken to us today as well. Now, as I was thinking about this message, I was thinking about what is the opposite of giving thanks? Have you ever like, thought about that? Like, okay, God's word says give thanks in all circumstances. Well, what's the opposite? Any takers. Whining. Oh, that's a good word. I was thinking grumbling and complaining, but whining is another word for that there. The opposite of giving thanks would be complaining, right? Like, you got people that are grateful, and then you got complainers and grumblers is what God's word says. And, and actually, God's word has a lot to say about grumbling. And it's interesting because grumbling and complaining is a natural response to life. Now, some of you here have maybe never complained in your life. Uh, if you are, I'd like for you to come forward so that we can shame you in front of everyone and call you out as being a complete liar. So we'll just... Make that one clear. But we have all grumbled, right? Life circumstances don't always go as planned. Sometimes things happen. And grumbling is honestly a natural part of life. I don't believe it's a natural part of God's kingdom. But I do, I do see that in this life, things happen. Grumbling happens. And we all know everybody loves a grumbler, right? Like... If you know somebody who uh, is a grumbler, you just want to spend time with them. You just want to, you know, see how they're doing. You call them up just to hear how the grumbling's taking place. Well, the Bible actually warns us about grumbling. And I think we have to turn to, uh, to Philippians chapter 2. I want to read a few verses to you this morning. This is Philippians 2, 14 through 18. God's word says this. He says, do all things without grumbling or dispute, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, 
verse 16, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. Why should we not grumble? Have you ever thought about that? Why should we not grumble? Well, God's word here says grumbling, when you grumble or are in disputes, you can't shine as lights to the world around us. And we all know that that is extremely true. There's nothing worse than a Christian grumbler to this world because they will look at you and they will instantly make a connection. Why should I follow Christ? Because you are, are the Christian I know and you're always grumbling. You're always complaining about something. And it's like it becomes, it's like it's, like it's not attractive. It's like nobody wants to be around a grumbler but then as a Christian, we're here to shine the light to the world around us. And if the light that we are shining is a grumbling light, they don't see Christ. And I would argue that why we should not grumble, not just because God's word says so, but it's because we want to be a light to the world. And grumblers, it's very difficult to be a light. And I, guys, I'm saying this because I have grumbled. I'm not just preaching to you. I'm saying we all fall into this category that when circumstances happen, when life happens, grumbling can easily take place. Some of us are prone to grumbling. Some of us know that we have it within us. And, uh, but God's word is for all of us here. Well, in the Old Testament, now I do need to bring up the Old Testament here. Did you guys know that there was grumblers in the Old Testament? You guys may... Some of you are shaking a head yes, and uh, actually God's people, God's people are notorious grumblers. I will just point that one out. God, God has been so gracious towards his people throughout all of human history. You go all the way back to Adam and to Eve, and God has been putting up with grumblers from the very beginning. Well, there is a story in the book of Exodus where it's actually a pretty amazing story. Um, so, so you guys may remember the story of Moses and Egypt. So Moses gets called by God to go down, back down into Egypt where God's people were enslaved for 400 years. Think about that. 400 years, God's people, the Israelites, they were in slavery. And not only in, in slavery, but it had gotten very, very bad for them down there. They were forced to work all the time. They were beaten. But God sends Moses and says, Moses, why don't you go down there and bring my people out of there? And God was with them. And guess what? God worked and God's people come out. And they part the Red Sea and God's people walk through this Red Sea. Well, then we come to a point to where they are, they are in process of getting to the promised land. And I want to just quickly read what takes place here with God's people. Exodus 16, verse 1. They set out from Elam, and all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel, there's that word, grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, What or would that we had died in the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt 
when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into, the, into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. So just some quick what is taking place. God's people are traveling. They have left slavery. Let me just say that word one more time. 400 years of slavery. They just saw miracle after miracle after miracle. They walked through the Red Sea. I don't know if you've ever done that, but have you ever approached a body of water and it split and you walk through? Not only that, your, your enemies who were chasing you came and pursued you through. And when the last person stepped off from there, the water came back up. So we're talking like amazing miracles, right? But they get hungry. They got some hunger, anger. What's that word, hangry? They're all hangry. I think Snickers had made that popular. But they're all hangry here. And what do they do? They grumble. And not only do they grumble, but they think it would have been better to stay in Egypt where they were beaten and enslaved. And it's interesting because that is honestly, guys, life circumstances. Life circumstances can happen to us. And the moment things get tough, the moment things get bad, God's people back then, they're like, well, I'd, I'd rather be back down in like Egypt. And as me, as a reader, I'm just sitting there thinking, really? Like it was terrible down there. And all of a sudden, you're hungry. And in the moment, they lost focus on who God was. That's literally what happened. They forgot every miracle God had done in their life. God had had freed them. God had done miracle after miracle after miracle. And now, all of a sudden, nobody thought, hey, maybe God can take care of us here. They don't even think that way. It's instantly, we're angry, we want to go back down to like Egypt. It would have been better for us to be living down there. But their circumstances, their circumstances were not good. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So church, I've been asking myself this. How can we give thanks in all circumstances? Because biblically, circumstances were not always good. Sometimes they went very, very poorly. But how do we, as a follower of Christ, some 2,000 years after God's word has been written to us here, how do we live this out? How do we actually live out giving thanks in all circumstances? For this is God's will for our lives. Because circumstances happen. And sometimes circumstances, as you guys know this, sometimes in life circumstances are really good. Am I right? Sometimes all of us in this room have probably had times in our life where circumstances were fantastic. Your job, your marriage, your relationships, they were all good. But we also know that sometimes circumstances are not always good. Sometimes circumstances completely fall apart. We prayed for Pastor Aaron today. And when I found out that news last night, I was completely heartbroken. Actually, Frank, if Frank is in here, Frank, Frank was standing in our doorway and it was 9 o'clock at night and my kids are running around and Frank mentions this one to me and I was just completely heartbroken. I was like, 
48, you got a, your wife passed away, and you got one daughter. She's about 16. And I just thought, man, this is, these are terrible circumstances. This is, these are awful circumstances. And Caitlin and I, after Frank left, we just felt like we just got to go to the Lord in prayer and cry and just think about this family. And as I was sitting there thinking about it, I was thinking about today's message. I was thinking, how do, how do you possibly give thanks in all circumstances when these circumstances are not good at all? In fact, it's, it's just complete grief, complete and utter grief. Your spouse is gone. Your kid is without a mother. I mean, these are, these are big life circumstances. And I think that when we look to God's word, and when we think about this idea, because God's word is very clear here. We're called to give thanks in all circumstances. And not just called to give thanks, but this is actually God's will for our lives. Literally says that. The will of God for your life and for my life is to live a life that gives thanks in all circumstances. So I've been, I've been thinking, how do, we, how do we actually live this out? How do we actually walk in this every day? And I think we have to first of all realize circumstances can't be our measure. Right? I mean, circumstances come, circumstances go. Just like, just like rejoicing always. We don't rejoice always because of our current circumstances. Sometimes your wife's puking and you have to remind her about rejoicing always. But how do we live this out? And I would, I, would, I would simply argue this. In order for God's people, God's church, us, to live this out, we have to be reminded daily of who God is and what God has done for us. You know, this past week at Thanksgiving, I don't know if your family does this, but some families, when they get together at Thanksgiving, what do you usually do besides eat food? You give thanks, right? Like, do your families, is anyone here forced to, like, say something on Thanksgiving Day? Like, okay, everyone's going to go around, and you're going to be giving thanks. And I, I do think that is a great practice. My only trouble with it is that most of the time, we give thanks for circumstances. We're happy this year, Lord, that we still have a job. We're happy, Lord, this year that we have health. There's nothing wrong, church, with giving thanks for life circumstances. But we need to remind each other daily that we can give thanks regardless of our circumstances, regardless of what is happening in this world. And I think we have to just remind each other of God's word and the promises God has for us. Because sometimes life will not be going your your way. And I want you to be thinking about, how do I give thanks right now, Lord? How do I give thanks in the midst of utter pain? and utter devastation. I want to share a few Bible verses with you this morning. Philippians 4.19 And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I'm going to read that one more time. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. We can, give, we can give thanks in all circumstances because we have a God 
that will supply all that you need. Everything that you need. Now, you might be thinking, because we are conditioned Americans, well, I need a boat this year, or I need a new toy this year. That's not what the what Scripture teaches about need. Food, shelter, and clothing. Do you have more than one pair of shoes? Do you have more than one jacket? Do you have more than one hat? Do you have more than one meal at your house right now? Do you have what you need to survive? Because my God will supply all of our needs. We can give thanks because of how good he is to his people. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you guys realize that we have eternal life in Christ Jesus? Not just partial life, not just some life. You have eternal life in Christ Jesus. Regardless of our circumstances, regardless of what is taking place around us, we can give thanks because of what Christ Jesus has done for us. Galatians 2.16 And yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ, not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. You can give thanks every single day and wake up and realize, God, I don't have to earn your love or your salvation. I can't earn it. I can't do enough good deeds today, God, to earn your justification for my sin. Church, we, we have to be dwelling on God's word like this. Because life circumstances happen. But when we actually take a moment and think, God, I can give thanks today because I can't earn your love and your grace upon my life. You did it for me. You've literally sacrificed everything, your son on that cross, for me. I got one more for you. 1 Corinthians 15, 15, 52. I love this one. In a moment... In the twinkle of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. And the dead will be raised imperishable. You and I, when that last trumpet is sound, when Christ comes for his church, for his people, we will rise with him. As Christ rose from the grave, those who believe in Jesus will rise with him. When the trumpet is sound and when Christ comes, not only will we be raised, but we're raised to the imperishable. Meaning, you can't perish again. Meaning, you will be alive forever with Christ. And I share this with us, church, because we need to remind ourselves of this. How do we give thanks in all circumstances? It's not based on our current circumstances, it's based on who Christ is and what Christ has done for us. And I tell you this often, but it's us keeping our eyes fixated on Jesus. Saying, Jesus, I, I, I see this world, all the chaos going on around me, but Lord, help me to just keep my eyes fixed on you. 
Help me to stay in your word. Remind me daily of who you are, what you have done for me. There's a book I wanted to, I wanted to promote here. Um, I've got a, a few copies, but I, I keep this book in my backpack. Yes, I still have a backpack. It's like I'm a fifth grader. I realize that, okay? I keep my laptop in there, but uh, I keep this, this book in there, and it's called The Bible Promises for Life. And I would say about once a week, I flip it open, I turn to any page, any page, and you can just say, and it will just, it just has scripture. It literally just has scripture after scripture, and it reminds us of who God is, what he has done. And it helps me personally to keep my eyes fixated on Christ. Because I get it, church, like, we live in a crazy world. We live in crazy times. We don't know what's happening next. We don't know what, what is possibly coming next at us. We have no idea. We can't even make a game plan for pretty much anything these days. You want to buy something, you're waiting six months, right? It's like, it's like we are living in this weird time right now. But I think for us to really live out God's word, for us to be men and women that can truly walk and just and, and truly be able to live out giving thanks, we have to like remind ourselves daily on who God is and his promises and how good he has been towards us and his grace and his forgiveness and his son Jesus. And I, want, I wanted to just kind of promote this one here. The Bible's promises for life, and there's many different versions out there, but if you are a person that is a grumbler, if you are somebody that just really struggles with being thankful and grateful for all of life's circumstances, I, I want to just encourage you to be getting a book like this here. There is a quote I wanted to be sharing with you that I read this past week um, that uh, i got to kind of find here. It's by John Bloom. He is a writer for a website called Desiring God, um, which is a, a, a fantastic resource. He said this. He said, Grumbling will be forever the accent of hell, and gratitude forever the accent of heaven. Grumbling will be forever the accent of hell, and gratitude forever the accent of heaven. Church family, I want us to be God's church that lives out giving thanks in all circumstances. And I want us to be reminded today that this is God's will for your life. This is literally God's will. It says it clearly there. Pull back up verse, verse 18 for me, please. For this is the will of God, that you would give thanks in all circumstances. And I hope and I pray, church family, I want us not just to be grateful on Thanksgiving and grateful for our family and our life situations, but I want us to be men and women, his church, that says, Lord, regardless of circumstances, regardless of the pain I, I'm, I face, God, I'm thankful for who you are and what you've done. And Jesus, help me just to keep my eyes fixated on you at all times. I want to pray for us this morning. I'm going to ask for you to, to stand, and I'm going to invite the worship team back up, and they're going to lead us in uh, one of 
the new songs, but church family, I, I want us to be living out God's word. That is my biggest prayer for this church, is that we would be men and women who live out God's word in our life. Let's pray. Father, you've called us to be men and women who give thanks. Father, help us, Lord, today. God, you know our circumstances. You know our trials and our difficulties. But Father, help us to just keep our eyes so fixated on you and on your word and on your promises that we can live out these verses. That we can rejoice always. That we can always be praying to you. And Lord, that we can give thanks in all circumstances as we wait for your Son to come for us. Father, I thank you for this church family. I thank you for this past week that we, as a nation, gave thanks. But Lord, help us. Help us, Lord, to give thanks always. We praise you now in Jesus' name.